Hello, everybody. Marcus Giuliano here, your host of In the Weeds, Real Tales from Real Restaurateurs. And I have Jeffrey with me today. Hello, Jeffrey. How's it going? Hi, Marcus. I'm good. Very well. Thank you, Marcus. Very well. Thank you. And you? I'm doing fantastic. Give us a rundown of where you live, where your restaurant is, what you do. Uh, I am in Fuerteventura, which is in the Canary Islands in Spain. Uh, I have a little restaurant called 15, Restaurant 15, or as we call it, 15 Fuerteventura. Uh, the reason that we call it 15 is because we have 15 items on our menu. Um, we work our menu in what we like to think is quite a unique way. Uh, we work it like a league table. Every, I keep track of what we sell, obviously, and every couple of weeks what we do is go through our sales. Our most popular dish goes to the top of the table to number one. The least popular dish gets removed, or as I like to say to customers, gets the elbow, so to speak, uh, and we put something new on. So if you were to look at our menu um, on either Instagram or Facebook, you will see that number one, excuse me, is our most popular dish, and number 15 is our newest dish, and it's a descending order of popularity from number one to 14. This is amazing. I love this. I, I absolutely love this concept. Um, the one thing that restaurateurs don't understand is they don't run enough numbers. They don't do analytics. They don't understand. They don't run reports. They don't know their best sellers. And they're, when we show them their best sellers, when they look at their best sellers, they're totally shocked. And sometimes they realize, don't realize how little things they sell. This, you're on, you're, you got the heartbeat of your, of your sales every couple of weeks, every month. You're on the, that heartbeat, which is amazing. Yeah, well... It was, yeah, and I'll be honest with you, it's a lot of work to change the menu. And we, what I did about two years ago was I took the responsibility away from one person, which at the time was our head chef, because it's a lot of um, pressure on that particular person to have to come up with a new dish every three to sort of six weeks. So what I did instead was decided to run a competition amongst my kitchen staff. So if you were to come to the restaurant in the, in the week and a half before we were to change uh, the menu with the menu you will get an insert uh, and when, within that insert you'll have a choice of three dishes whichever one of those three dishes we sell the most of is the new dish that goes on to the menu so it keeps my kitchen staff engaged uh, it's a bit of bragging rights for the guys in the kitchen because as you probably are well aware there's some strong personalities in every kitchen um, and it gives people something to talk about and it talks it you know and they talk about it on on facebook or instagram or or stuff like that and and people who we have a lot of repeat business and people have their favorites on on the menu sometimes um people get a little upset when their favorite dish is dropped off the menu um but we always say to people if you want that dish we give us a day and we'll bang it up for you and it's no problem or bring in 20 of your friends and all order it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> even better yeah so um restaurants Let's go back to these, this number game because this I really want to focus on. This. this is so important. A lot of owners, managers run the numbers and they don't do anything about them. So you have a way of actually engaging your guests and, and really understanding what dishes are the performers for you here and taking advantage of it. This is like a win-win for the guests, for the kitchen staff, for, for, uh, and, and for you financially. Um, I would think this, this helps the equation. Uh, we look at some numbers on, on analytics on restaurants and some chefs or owners are so afraid to get rid of a dish that they're selling three of a month. They sell three a month and they're like, I can't get rid of that dish because those three people ordered it and they might come back next month. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's not the right way to be thinking That's about it. The, so you're actually doing something with those numbers. That's awesome. 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 I love to hear that. So uh, how long have you been open? Uh, we're coming up on 10 years now. 10 years. And uh, what is the theme of the restaurant, your restaurant, compared to other restaurants in that area? 
Um, I think that there's other places that, that, that market themselves as steakhouses, for example, uh, probably our main direct competitor does something similar to us, um, but not to the same degree as the menu change and all the rest of that kind of stuff. They have a, a menu that they stick with um, and just sort of do it from there. But it's funny enough, somebody used to work for me. Um, but it's everybody else is like, because we're a holiday resort, um, it's pub grub or you go somewhere to watch uh, uh, football and soccer, um, that type of stuff or uh, entertainment pub quizzes, that type of And they have food thrown in. For us, um, there's a handful of restaurants, uh, but most of them are like steakhouses or, you know, bigger is better or you're going to get a, a chunk of steak with chips and salad or a bit of fish with the same type of thing. Um, one of our USPs is uh, fresh vegetables. We don't do chips and salad. Well, we have an early bird menu that caters to the, some of the, our older clients who just want that kind of stuff. But, you know, one of the things that I can speak about to our customers is that, um, you know, the vegetables that I've just put down in, uh, on your table, I've shopped for those myself fresh this morning from the market. So those carrots that you're eating, I bought those this morning. They haven't been sitting there. They didn't come out of a tin. They weren't frozen. Um, they were bought fresh by my, I picked them, if you know what I mean. So you can, you can talk to people like that. And because of uh, people being on holiday and not getting great food in the hotel or some of the other places around here with, the, and they don't want chips, the amount of type people who say, oh my God, we love your vegetables. Do you know what I mean? So that, 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 that really works for us as well. That's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, so you're, so this is a big, this is basically an all tourist area then? It is, yeah. I mean, obviously, that there's local people who live here and stuff like that, um, and we get them. But a lot of them are, are the same as me. You know, they have their own business. They don't have really have time to to go out and sample all the local cuisine. So yeah, we are very much tourist based. All right, excellent. So you've been there ten years. Um, obviously, you're not from the Canary Islands. Uh, where you're from, and how'd you get there? Uh, I'm Canadian by birth. Um, my entire family is English, so I hold a British passport, which obviously allows me to live and work in the EU, or <laughs> I did. Um, but yeah, no, I moved to London, England uh, back in the early 2000s, and I moved over here probably about 2007, 2008. I've been here ever since. So I guess you fell in love with the place. Yeah, it's it's one of those places that, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing really here. There's no, you know, we get... A lot of windsurfing, a lot of kite surfing. We are on the, uh, they have professional tours that come through here for the, we get world championships in those disciplines here, that type of stuff. But a lot of people come here just because it's really laid back. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, nature here. Um, we don't have big shopping malls. We don't have uh, double lane highways, um, you know, ripping th up and through the place. It, it's, it's just laid back, um, not a very, um, I don't want to say slow, but a really laid back way of life here, which is what attracted me to it. And, and uh, the tourists come for the same reason, if you know what I mean. So I, that, that sounds great to me. That sounds fantastic to me. Being, yeah, in the restaurant, yeah. being in the restaurant business, we all know fast paced. So I guess the yes. advantage we can get to being a low paced environment, low paced culture. Uh, would probably be a big benefit to all of us, especially us. us, us Let me put it to you this way. We have one McDonald's on this, at the services of the whole island. One. Wow. wow. <laughs> okay. And that's only been open. That's only been open for about six years. Wow. Okay. All right. What is, um, what was one of your biggest failures in the, in the industry, whether it's some, something you did there or, or before 
before, uh, before you opened the restaurant? Uh, three years ago, we opened an extension to our current location. Um, and that was uh, probably the biggest failure we had. If I could do it all over, I wouldn't have done it. Um, I was getting a little bit of pressure from the building that we're in had changed hands. I was getting a bit of pressure from the landlord uh, who wanted to open up this, basically the, the location beside us into something else. Um, and instead, uh, we took it on. We knocked a hole in the wall, did a, a stuff like that. And it turned into just a great big white elephant. Um, it, we did it and then the economy crashed. Um, and it just, yeah, that was probably our biggest failure. In, in hindsight, I look back on that and think I should have been able to see the warning signs and uh, I didn't. So when our contract finished, um, which was, I think, April or May of last year, not only was I, did I not want to renew the contract, but the landlord wanted to raise the rent on us. So we just basically handed him the keys back uh, and we went back to what we were doing before, which was a nice cozy little location um, that worked for, worked for us. And quite frankly, the feedback that I got from everybody, from people who've been coming to the restaurant for years. Um, we get a lot of repeat business customers that we have who own property here or who come to this place on their family holidays. I mean, um, I've seen families with kids who've grown up, so to speak. They started coming in when the kids are seven, now they're teenagers, stuff like that. And, or they don't even come anymore because they, they're not coming on holiday with their mom and dad, if you know what I mean. But yeah. all the feedback that we got from those people was, you know what, we never really liked the other side anyways. Uh, we really like it much, much better now that you're, you're back to smaller and cozier and a much more limited number of seats. Great, great, great. How many seats do you have? Uh, about 50-odd, I guess. Okay, that's the same size as me. 50, I have 52 seats. We also yeah, we almost have the same amount of employees, around 10 or 12. So you and I, you and I have a very similar uh, economic or, 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 or setup like that as far as size-wise. So yeah. Um, all right. So what is one advice you would give to a new restaurant owner, somebody who wants to uh, jump into the restaurant world? They might have some experience um, working, but now they want to jump into, into opening a place of their own. Be careful of your margins. Um, it's, your margins are, are, are the most difficult things to manage, I find, um, in my own personal experience. Some of the dishes that we have on our menu, I've had to drop one because it was costing me money to put it on the plate, even though it was fairly popular, it was difficult to get. Um, and it, as I said, it was costing me money to, to put it on the plate. It's, it's, it's a very fine line between uh, profit and loss, so to speak. I'm trying to think what the old, uh, what that old saying is, it's uh, turnovers for show, profit is for dough, I think is the way that goes. <laughs> yes. I t yeah, uh, you, and, you and I are very alike. We, 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 we were numbers people, and I, like I said, I really love the way you've implemented your menu uh, to, to even take advantage of, of those numbers. But yeah, I'm, my best friend is my calculator. I'm always crunching numbers. My wife will tell you this morning, I sat here and did two, three more things. I walk around the kitchen. I'm like, how many did you get out of that? We look at the current price, and I crunch numbers. I want to make sure everything's in. We just got our smoked brisket down to under 15% cost of goods. So I'm like, okay, perfect. We got this equation down. Now it's time to put it on the menu in big letters bestseller and just push out that and I, sh I share with my staff what our, what 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 should be a bestseller it should be a bestseller that people like of course but that is a good profit margin for the restaurant so i use my yeah. staff and say this is what we need to sell guys we need to sell this this and this and yeah the burgers are great but they're 25 percent compared to the brisket or or the polenta dish which is 12 percent nine eight percent i mean it, it's insane not many restaurant owners use these numbers to their advantage 
and some tweaks, you, they find their profits skyrocketing from just knowing and understanding. So, um, and us small guys, we really need to do that. Cause I, I, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's a very fine line. And like I said, if I was giving anybody advice, to watch your margins. Yeah. For you and I, when we make mistakes, we feel it. When a restaurant that does $5 million makes a mistake, they can hide it. Yes. They can hide mistakes of margins. They shouldn't be. It's unacceptable still. But you and I feel it with our size. And it's crucial, crucial. So absolutely. That's great, that's great absolutely. advice. So, all right, Jeffrey, I appreciate this. Let's, um, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. Spell the name of the restaurant. And if anybody's in the Canary Islands, uh, definitely stop and see Jeffrey. I next, I need to get to, I want to fly, I want to get into Portugal uh, for a wine tour. And maybe that uh, might be a good time away. for me to hop on down for a few days. So yeah, that's assume. not far away from us as well. We're 15 Fortaventura. The number, 1515 Fortaventura. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I do pretty much all the, the social media stuff myself. If you message us, uh, you're talking to me, talking to me directly. Love it. I love that concept. Awesome, awesome. All right, Jeffrey, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, being on the show, and we appreciate it. And uh, That's great. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having thanks me. For tuning in, everybody. Thank you.